triumph in the trap. This is a dog. <laughs> Do you believe in miracles? Hey, I play chess, but only in 4D. I'm by myself, but they think I'm 4D. When they see me online, they think they know me. Go ahead, like and subscribe. You gotta show me. I applied pressure and they tried to reject it. Clearly, ain't see I was a diamond, so they didn't accept it. Told me I was a failure, so I said, F it. Might even start my own school and teach them a lesson. Yeah, I'ma call it South Harmon. Huh. Fly down south and get the south popping. <laughs> One day, I'ma give you a walkthrough and introduce you to this walk too. <laughs> I know you lost, that's just dynasty talk Cause you can't start no franchise without no dynasty talk I took a break from the game, they throw my dynasty stop Till I came back like Wimbyama, I feel like Coach Pop I can't say that I'm the GOAT, cause you ain't gonna agree But if I own my own farm, I can make the GOAT Me, the ladies love the beard, and they used to love the goatee That's when I was a lamb, burning music on CDs I wasn't born in 88 December 87, I was 16 days away Might fly to Dallas, why not? I just got paid today When I land this dirt statue, I came to fade away Check the timeline for the stories and the play-by-play My life a Patreon link, you gotta pay to play I worked 16 hours, boy, that's an 8 and 8 X-Factor like Dez Bryant, my boy 88 Why dream light when you living like a heavyweight? This ain't a one-week thing, we grind like every day They know my destination, Devi, like I I hang with Ray. If they ain't know my name, I bet they know my name today. Treat this mic like an ATM, let's make a trade today. Drop, drop this on Fizzle Friday, cause that's my favorite day. And I'm gonna do it my way, cause that's my favorite way. They tried to put me on the shelf like I'm layaway. Told me it ain't no way, so I made a way. Huh? Welcome to South Harmon, I'm glad you're here today. Welcome to South Harm and I'm glad you here today. I'm glad you here today. Welcome to South Harm and I'm glad you here today. I'm glad you here today. Hit that Patreon link if you here to stay. Huh? Treat this mic like an ATM, let's make a trade today. <laughs> Welcome back in, everybody, to another episode of the South Harmon Spotlight, Episode 7. And wow, I gotta say, this is one that I've been looking forward to for a while. We got it on the schedule, scheduled it out of way, but Nate Liss of DynastyRankings.com is kind enough to join me on a Thursday night while the Lions and Packers are playing. So we got to uh, got to discuss a little Amon Ra touchdown and how good he is. But Nate, how are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm good, man. You know, I, I'm surprised that I'm number seven. I thought at least I would be top three episodes. <laughs> so it's probably because I had to push it out so far. Maybe when you initially reached out to me, I was a top three option, and we made our way all the way to seven. But, man, I'm good. I, again, uh, Amon Ra, touchdown, always great to see. Uh, this should be fun. You know, I don't I don't know that my backstory has been told in totality out there. I think bits and pieces and a lot of people that are familiar with me have kind of followed the shows that I've been on. And so they, they have an understanding of a little bit, but I'm sure you and I will get into a lot more. Well, if I, if I had my way, I'd do 50 straight Nate list South Harmon spotlight episodes, but look at you. Yeah. That doesn't, it doesn't work like that. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're going, you're moving up the ladder right now, sir. Welcome into the Mojo Dojo Casa. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I just, I just saw that the other day, by the way. Oh, I think I've seen it uh, 15 times since Saturday. Dude, I mean, is it, okay, but is it is it the kid and the wife or whatever, that the family that likes it more than you, or do you act, okay, by oh, the way, this is the Barbie movie for people that don't know. Yeah, it's a kid. Yeah. It's a kid. The kid it's loves the it. Kid. I, didn't, I didn't think it was that bad. Like, some people really kind of crapped on it. I, I actually thought it ended up being a lot more, like, introspective than I expected. It was, like, right. a little more deep, but uh, not the worst movie ever. Go I, I, I could stomach it. Right, right. I could, That's I could stomach it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I could right. stomach right. it. Fair enough. We we watched it on uh, last Saturday morning. You know, bought it off of Prime early yep. release. Yep. You know, my 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 six year old she she loves that kind of stuff. So she yep. was excited. We actually uh, we watched it, and about three quarters of the way through, she was like, "Can I go do something else now?" And I'm like, "Oh, 
well, what a waste of money. She don't <laughs> yeah. like it now. Since then, though, I, I kid you not, it's been at least 15 times since Saturday. Yeah, every you, time I go around her, that movie is on. <laughs> yeah, you've <laughs> more than made, your, you've made yeah. your money back on it. Yeah. No, they no owe question. you now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Mojo Dojo Casa. You, go check it out. Go check the Barbie movie out at least, okay. it, I, if you have to. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. Either way. Guess if you have to. So, Nate, what we like to do here is we just like to get a little uh, behind the scenes, you know, pull the curtain back a little bit into you and in. First off, how did you even get into fantasy, fantasy football, fantasy sports in general? You know, some of the people that we've had on here, they got into fantasy baseball and then that led to football. But where did you start? How did you get into it in the first place? Man, that's a great question. Um, I think probably like some other people, I started in another sport. I know that for a really long time growing up, baseball and basketball were like my two primary sports that I really kept up with. For a long time in the 90s, again, not to age myself, hockey was something I was really into. So sports have always been like a huge part of my life. And, you know, the younger audience that might listen to this, I grew up in the era where in the morning, if you didn't catch ESPN, you'd have to crack open the newspaper, skim the box scores and, you know, look at who hit a home run or who scored a goal or whatever it was. And that's where it started for me. So fantasy sports started in basketball for me and then uh, made my way into football, man, probably like, early 2000s range was when I kind of got into the football side of things. Um, and dude, ever since then, I just obviously was a fan of watching the sport, was a fan of the players on the field, the iconic players at the time, of course, before that. And, you know, as time went by, um, you, you start to wonder, like, is there more to this? Is there an edge in social media? Obviously, was like the catalyst of that edge. You know, you, you have the Internet that comes along eventually, but social media really got us there. And I got on Twitter uh, much earlier, I think, than the handle that I have now. Um, but my handle currently was like 2012, 2010, something like that. So mm. we're, we're 13 years ago, something yeah. like that. So, um uh, you know, I, I got into it as just a consumer of content, like probably many of us, right? Many of you, you know, we, we came on here, we were looking for a little bit more. The algorithm pushed a couple fantasy analysts our way. We started looking at stuff. And then after a while, um, you know, you find yourself kind of having some takes. And so you're responding to people and some people don't respond to you for a while. And you feel like you're in this abyss, you know, you're, you're in obscurity and no one cares and no one's going to listen to you. And then one day someone responds to you, right? And you kind of maybe build a relationship and it might be a lower end individual, right? And you kind of together having some commentary and then you realize eventually, hey man, I do have some valuable takes, right? I have a couple things to say. right? Um, and that tends to kind of lead for the people that are listening, that are thinking about getting into content. Like if you're in that range right now, I think there's a lot of people out there that will give you opportunities to sort of expand on what it is that you're interested in. But for me, that is like the the genesis of how I kind of got to the first sort of footstep of this. So if you think about like your first fantasy football league or one of the first ones, it's, it's, sometimes it's hard to remember. I'm, I'm an old shit too. So like I'm talking nineties for my first fantasy football league. Right. So if you think back to some of your first ones, were there any players that you were just absolutely infatuated with, loved, you know, whether you had a good reason or not? I mean, uh, the, I've talked about it a few times on this show, but, you know, I throw this question out. Matt Jones, the the Arkansas slash uh, oh. turned wide receiver <laughs> who went yeah. to Jacksonville. That was my infatuation. Not only, you know, playing Madden just because he's 6'6 six, six and 230 and ran a 4'340, but the, the fact that I was like, oh, he's going to be a hit in the NFL. You know, no analytic data, nothing like that. Back then it was just, a, oh, I just like what I see. Was there anybody like that for you? Oh, man. Gosh, that's a great question. I don't do to be quite honest with you, like from like a scouting standpoint or from a standpoint of like who I got behind, man, back, back in the early days, I really, no, to be honest with you, no, not really. And that's going to sound really funny wow. to say that I no, honest to God, like for me, I was just, there were no project players early in fantasy football for me. Um, and this is why, like, I truly did go on this journey, like looking for more in-depth content. Um, you know, if I had, to, if I had to pick one, it was probably like a Peyton Manning, you know, it was probably somebody like that coming out of right. college, somebody that really stood out that I really believed in coming through. But I don't think I had many of these guys that didn't fire. I think I was just very confident in the sure shot players, but, uh, yeah, the earliest leagues were, you know, Marshall Falk and Edron James and these guys. So, um, no, I, I, it sounds funny, but no, not really. I didn't have somebody that I was just like a diehard behind. 
So how did you get into Dynasty specifically, right? I mean, your website's not, not titled redraftrankings.com. It's, it's not right, keeper, no, keeperrankings.com. It's not DFS. It's Dynasty Rankings. So how did that become a passion for you? Like, how did you get into Dynasty football? Um, I think like a lot of people, when, when we started, we had redraft leagues and then eventually, you know, my, my very first home league eventually morphed into like a small keeper league. And, right. you know, it started out, we want to keep two guys, three guys, and you would do the classic thing, whatever round, maybe you drafted them in, in a startup and it would change year over year or whatever. Mm. And then eventually that kept expanding to the point where, you know, we kept the, the full assortment of players on the roster. Um, and me getting into Dynasty, again, stemmed from the Keeper Leagues. But as far as, like, creating the Dynasty content, um, when I first got into this, and I, I think I may have mentioned this on some shows in the past, uh, Under the Helmet was the first show that I listened to uh, early on. And it was Doug Veach, and it was Chad Parsons. And, you know, similar to kind of what you have with Mike, like, or with uh, Adam, it was like, just just the rapport you come back every week for the relationship like the analysis at the time for me was good um but it was the relationship it was the quirkiness it was the the back and forth and seeing that seeing that podcast kind of propelled me to the point where i was like all right you know maybe there's an opportunity for me to start making content um and i reached out to chad and literally the first article i wrote so actually you know what no Ty Montgomery, I was so high on Ty Montgomery coming <laughs> out of it was at Stanford, right? And I wrote, I wrote this insane article. And I remember Chad was Chad was so anal. He had, you know, and and even writing for other websites, I've been given like sort of like writing templates, like how you should write. Right. But Chad had like colors and fonts and order and like, dude, I was just a wild card. I was this is new to me. And so I'm writing this article about Ty Montgomery. Um, and I think it did reasonably well, but like, I found that I love that people would respond to me and go, man, that article was great. Or they would go, Hey, you know, have you thought about this? And as you realize, like there's more and more levels to this, my interest continued to grow. And I think like, again, with the website and what it is that I do, and for the people that are familiar with my content, like analytics is a really big part of me and, and what I do numbers, um, you know, player predictive analysis. So I've always wanted to like keep going on this journey of like getting closer to the center of the bullseye. Um, and so once I finished over it under the helmet, I think I wrote probably like 10 articles over there and just kind of realized, Hey, this is good, but I'd like to maybe have a, a more broad opportunity. That's when I hit up Danny Kelly of field goals. And this is why Danny and I still have like a pretty good relationship today. Danny was the editor over at field goals and so the, this is the stupidest fucking thing you're ever going to hear. I I was I swear to you, this is so dumb. Oh, no. So I so I hit up Danny and I go, hey, I go, do you think it would be cool if I wrote fantasy football articles for this SB Nation page? And he goes, sure. He goes, what do you want to do? And I go, well, I want to write Seahawks-specific recap fantasy football articles. I mean, literally <laughs> va valueless fucking articles. Like, there's there's no reason you can look at a box score and with pretty good certainty like understand what took place but i'm like staying up late writing these articles grinding and grinding and i will say that the benefit that came from that was one day after i had written like two seasons worth of these i went to danny and said hey man i go would you be open to the idea of me starting a, a dynasty podcast and this is about the time that my home leagues and some other things were really like right. going deep down the dynasty you know path um and he goes, yeah, sure. And so, because they had a few podcasts, and this is, again, this is early on. And so this was the point where I sort of go on this search looking for a co-host. And at the time, me and Matt Kelly were always back and forth on social media. I think at the time I had maybe 500 followers. He had 3,000 or something like that. So this is pretty early on. But we both had the avatars. We were both kind of trolls. We were both into like <laughs> trying to be predictive and call people out. And, and and so I hit him up one day and we didn't really know each other super well, but I knew that we got along. And I, I hit up Matt and I said, hey, man, I go, so there's this format called Dynasty. And I kind of explained it a little bit. And I go, would you have any interest in doing a podcast with me? And he goes, hey, here's my phone number. Give me a call. And so I'm like, oh, okay. Wow, this is, this is going a lot further than I expected. So- we have a phone call. It's about an hour. And Matt is exactly the same person he is today. He was thorough, intelligent, had foresight, like all, all the things he already does, right? And so 
he he pretty much named the show Sonic Truth. So it used to be Sonic Truth Dynasty Football presented by Field Goals. We did a season over there, and the next thing you know, turned into what it was. So kind of a interesting backstory to that. It, it turned into the greatest Dynasty podcast that's ever been made, and it, it'll be hard to ever top that. Right the uh, the dynamic between you two. Th- this is how I got into dynasty this is this is how i started my journey like the the mount rushmore of dynasty content is like you and matt kelly four different times (laughs) that's pretty much what it is nate that's awesome (laughs) man it it was just such an easy show as a consumer at the time right i'm not doing content at that time but as a consumer of the show to listen to right the the rapport you two had the comedy the humor but also the knowledge base where you would go man listen, I never really thought about actually this player being worth a shit. (laughs) Holy hell. We actually have some data to back up these points. It's not just some hot take or this is no offense to, uh, to all the film grinders. Like I'm, I'm in this weird in between where I like to watch film and I also like to get that perspective too. But a lot of that's just subjective, right? I wanted some objective facts and you guys would present it. So I really loved the shit out of that show. <laughs> when that ended, it was like a, just a kick in the balls. It was, well, but for, bo- for both of us, it was, <laughs> it was, I would say for both of us, it's uh no man. And, and you know, it's really funny to like, to kind of tell this because it's still very revealing for me um, to this day, going to Canton was uh, a pretty amazing experience, you know, get to meet you guys, meet other people. And like having done podcasts and feature with other people, it's really interesting to find out so many years later, like how influential that show was and how early that show was sort of in the tenure of where some guys are today. You know, you talk to Ray, uh, you know, Ray talks about how it was like the early show that he listened to and influential for him and so many other people. And it's like, man, it's, it's crazy to see. And a lot of these guys have surpassed even where it is that I'm at today. Um, And so like, I think it's, I think it's pretty amazing to find out that, you had that much of an influence on a group of people that are sort of taking it now to a level that it it wasn't even when we did the show. And that's just a year or two ago, like where you guys are now with, you know, understanding more of like league strategy, depth, roster depth, all these types of things. Um, and then, you know, us sort of the early days of just going through like predictive player analysis and all this. Of course, my dog's going absolutely <laughs> ape shit right well, now. They're excited. Dude, oh my god. But she's trying excited. to let me know somebody's here. Um <laughs> Wow, can you still hear that? Um don't come Love in it. on don't break into my house. But uh yeah, I guess the point is really interesting just to see like the the influence that it had and then just how the community is. Like it's it's cool to have people that are willing to kind of come out and go, "Man, you you helped so much in the beginning for me." And again, I've tried to help people along the way and continue to do so. So I think it's it's pretty incredible to continue to hear this. You're one of the uh, the most approachable guys, too, in the Dynasty space, right? There, there's never been an aura about you where you go, man, it, it was nerve-wracking, to, to say the least. The first time Adam got you on the uh, the Dynasty trade show, right? We're nobodies at the time. Right? We're, we're still nobodies at, the, at this point. But he goes, I got a, I got a surprise for you that I pop on, and then there's your fucking face. And I'm like, this is like meeting the president of the United States. That's high praise. That's super high praise. But it only took about, you know, five minutes of just talking where it's yeah. just like Nate is, is one of the coolest guys in the entire space. And I think everything that you've done from – from the start till now, Nate has just built up this, this, this aura about you, right? This, uh, this purple glow, just like in the background. I know this audio only podcast, but nobody could really see it. Like you got this Prince thing, and, and kind of like Prince on uh, the Chappelle Show, you know, yeah, the true, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Charlie Murphy's True exactly. Hollywood Stories. <laughs> but you've been you've been a wonderful, a wonderful influence on young creators. Um, and and I, I shouldn't say young. I'm young in the content creation space. Yeah, I'm definitely course, not young in, uh, in, in human years. <laughs> <laughs> but you've right. been a great influence. And still to this day, like Adam and the, the style that he does right now is based off of what you do. You know, when you left Player Profiler, when you went and started DynastyRankings.com and you started putting out videos, the production quality was just something that, Again, you you started the original Dynasty podcast, which basically started it for everybody. And then when you leave, you still innovate to the level of, hey, 
<laughs> look at this production quality I'm going to put into one single video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you know anything about it, and I do, but maybe the audience doesn't. Nate, can you just tell the people like how much effort and time goes into like if you're even to do an eight nine minute video, just yeah. a relatively short one. Yeah. We g give them a give them a general idea of how many hours actually goes into that production of eight to nine minutes. Like, Man, that so needs to be appreciated on how hard you work to do that. Yeah, I well, I, I love that you're bringing this up because like in in the back of my mind, like I always I, I'm always like screaming, just like fuck, this is this takes so long. I mean, I would say from the conception of the idea to to research to writing to doing like a full thing of editing, I would say an eight minute video takes probably ten hours. 12 yep. hours <laughs> so it's it's not it's a quick a process is no it? man it's it's a lot of work and so like i that's where you know and i, I appreciate you kind of you know say, saying those kind things like i i do think that to go back to a few things one um dude showing like ultimate levels of respect to everybody like dude th this is fantasy football and and even in my professional life outside of fantasy football like it doesn't matter if you're if you're the lowest position in the company or the highest like i show equal respect to everybody um and so i i feel like that's never failed me to this day uh it's continued to give me great opportunities it's continued to give me great resources and it's it's made a lot of networking relationships and and friendships with people that are that are way beyond just acquaintances on the internet and from like a content creation standpoint, yeah, dude, if, if you want to make great stuff, you have to put in the work and sometimes doing great stuff takes time. And I tell Alexander uh, McKenzie, my co-host at dynastyrankings.com, you know, I tell him all the time, it's like, this, this is art. At the end of the day, like even the algorithm that we're writing, that we've been writing for 11 months is, is art. Because at the end of the day, your rankings, your takes, what it's rooted in, what you find valuable. Like I've, I've totally changed my perception to look at it like it's art and you, you shouldn't be ashamed of what you believe. Like a lot of people want to come in and dunk on fantasy creators because yes, yeah, some guys are engagement farming. Some guys are full of shit and don't really believe that running back X is going off, but they're just going to throw a tweet into the, you know, the atmosphere and see what happens. But like at the end of the day, if you've put in the work and you've put in the effort and you believe in what you're doing, like you shouldn't feel ashamed if your video doesn't get a lot of views or your tweet gets a lot of dislikes. Like at the end of the day, it's just you're 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 progressing. When even when it feels like you're taking a step back, you're still taking a step forward. So that's what I would say to most people. Even the people that don't have very many followers today, like just keep doing the right thing and do it because you're passionate about it. And that will keep you going for a long time. Cause again, I, I'm still doing this. 10 years later, you know, like this is, this isn't my full-time job, but I've been doing this like a full-time job for 10 years. And it's truly because I just love you know, working with people like you and, and digging into the numbers and continuing to try to figure out like why and how things happen. I think it was probably the most uh, transparent for me when we went to the expo. Uh, this was your, your first one, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, the first, first one. trip out there, this Adam and Adam and I's second. But uh, once you get there, into the fantasy fo football expo, it doesn't really matter if you had like a, a internet beef or like maybe you guys said some unkind words to each other on on yeah. X X. Yes, everybody was uh, accepting, and, and we're all there for the same reason. We all we all share the exact same passion, and that's fantasy football. Now, whether that's DFS, whether that's redraft, dynasty, campus to Canton, you know, whatever, IDP, which is an interesting right, right. an interesting format to get into, but. Whether or not uh, you had those differences or you had those differences on Twitter or social media or, you know, on a podcast, whatever it may be, everybody was just very open because we knew why we were there, right? right? It's a community. And I think it's one of those things that, that kind of gets lost in the shuffle, especially I had uh, Derek Brown on on Monday on this show. And, uh, you know, this is one of the guys who's, who's at the forefront, at least, of being seen, you know, sure, universally sure, at sure. Fantasy Pros. Mm -hmm. And it, it's kind of weird, no matter how many people consume your content, Nate, or how much time and effort you put into it, isn't it weird that like the one or two negative comments are the ones that stand out the most? Yeah. And I, I think it's just general, it's it's kind of a microcosm of us being humans where you got to go, just just think about something that somebody's going through. And it doesn't matter what walk of life that they're in or, you know, what position they are, you know, every now and then just maybe say a kind word, <laughs> like, hey. Yeah. 
you look nice today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you did a great job on that one. Because we only really ever see the negatives. And those are the ones that really stand out. Like, I'm well, sure there's, I'm sure Derek gets far more negative tweets and, and responses on anything that he does than people going, you know what? You helped me win this week. Like, because of you picking up, you know, putting out this stat or whatever the hell you yep. did, I actually won my, my, my fantasy week. And, Nate, I can say, I can say, seeing adam put the same amount of effort into his videos where you're talking eight to ten hours for an eight minute video yep your one negative comment he's got thick skin i got thick skin where we kind of laugh and we like to troll people too but it's like just think of how shitty that is as a human being if somebody put that much work into something to go yeah this video sucks (laughs) yeah that's i did that's how i dude i was making shorts i made a i made a kenneth walker short here recently preseason and it took me dude it's a one minute video it's 58 seconds it took me about seven hours to edit i believe i'm not kidding there's so much work in this video and every day because it was this it was this take really all the all the take said was essentially that hey be cautious about zach charbonnet his snap share may grow and that might mean that kenneth walker's you know what your expectations of kenneth walker are this year may be throttled and we're seeing a snap share grow right now it's yet to be seen the touchdowns have really been helpful but dude like 10 times a day, I get people that are like, you suck, take the L, this and that. It's like, (laughs) it's not even constructive. And just because I want to just prove to people that they don't know as much as they think they know, I respond to them analytically. And I'm like, well, this factor and this factor and this factor, and also it's week three. So we we can't conclusively say with 17% of the season over that any of this is right or wrong. Like it a lot of people are just fly by night. And like you're saying, they don't care. And I think as human beings, it's really funny that you say that. I talked to my, my daughter about this. Like I, I'm, I'm a pretty tough individual when it comes to like dealing with negative comments, dealing with stressful situations. Like I, I, I believe that like if shit hits the fan, I'm the person that you would want around. Like I, I will, I will survive the fucking bomb. I will take care of people. I will be there for people. And I try to teach her like, I try to teach her what matters in this world and don't don't worry about the negativity. I understand that you can get a thousand great comments and one bad comment is going to stick in your head. And that's why I try my best knowing that I've got some notoriety and and some ability to do a little more. Like when I see great stuff from people, even if it's a smaller account, like I like to say, man, do, you did a great job because maybe from me that might help more than you know, uh, the negativity that they're getting. Maybe, you know, if they've been a fan of the work that I'm doing and I'm like, dude, that article was awesome. The great, great work on that. I learned something like, hopefully that helps them go to that next level and go, awesome, man. I'm being seen by other creators in the space that I look up to. And you're right. Like at the end of the day, man, it's just about sharing opportunity, working with good people. And dude, I will be the first person always to promote hard workers. Like in the world we live in today, finding people that are willing to just put their boots on and, and strap them up and go to work and work hard and like not do everything for a carrot on a stick. Like I, I came from the world where you had to earn everything in the beginning and then getting paid to do it. And then your opportunity came. And I think a lot of people are looking for cash in hand first. And it's like so many of us came up grinding. And I just, it's not that I don't respect that because there's a lot of money out there to be had. But man, I will I will bend over backwards for the individual that's just like, what can I do? And that's actually how I met Alexander, man. After me and Matt kind of dissolved the show, Alexander literally hit me up in the DMs and he goes, hey man, I'm a, I'm a software engineer. I'd love to work with you. Is there anything I can help with? And like literally that for me was the, I just go, I hit him up and I go, let's have a conversation. And dude, he had he had a hundred followers. It didn't matter how many he had. It wasn't about the following. It was about the fact that he was persistent. It was about the fact that he honed a skill and had a skill to offer, right? And like, that's the thing. That's why you're always getting better. Just like you're saying, you're getting into the video editing. Like continue making yourself more valuable in some area if this is really what you want to do. And opportunity through good relationships and, and working hard will it will pay off. I, I promise you it will pay off. So being in the space for, uh, I almost said as long as we have been, but yeah, yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> no, I mean, you... it's very, it's very different when I'm talking to you, who's a, who's an OG, right? But, uh, you know, for the last couple of years being in the space, I think one of the things that, that I have noticed, Nate, and I'm curious your thoughts on it too. When people do content, can you tell if there's an underlying passion for actually what they're talking about or, you know, whether it's a video form 
you, you can you can get a hint, you know, in an article too, if if they actually give a shit about what they're what they're doing, right? Like, yeah. can you can you pick up on that in the space? Hundred um, percent. I think the people. This is where this is where I have the hardest time with X or Twitter because mm. I feel like we see so many tweets that are low quality, low hanging fruit. Like, and, and again, I I respect the hustle of the threads, and I don't want to shit on threads, but I feel like. 98% of the threads have been essentially valueless because number one, what's being cited doesn't correlate from like a, you know, a testable R squared coefficient. Like you can't even say that like a lot of what's being tweeted does. But when I listen to podcasts, it's like, like you guys, dude, you, you guys are doing three or four shows a week. I know you're passionate. You wouldn't be <laughs> doing this many hours of content about fake football if you weren't. So like, to me, those things are evident when I, look at articles online. Yeah. I can tell like, how far have you gone into it? Is it an article that took you a week to write? Or did you just jump on the internet last night, look at a couple articles, accumulate some thoughts and put it on paper? Like I like people that, that write like a court argument. And that's, it's always an analogy I use that like, if I'm going to go into a court case, I'm going to go from a to Z. And when I get to Z, if I believe in what it is that I'm defending, it's going to be indefensible when I get to the end. You're going to go, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, dagger, and it's over. And I love reading articles like that. So yeah, I think 100%. Um, I ran into a lot of people over the last couple of years that would hit me up when I had my breakout finder or other stuff. And that's where I kind of go back to the, I had guys with literally no writing experience, couldn't even provide me an article that they had written in the past. And they're, they're like, Hey man, I'm interested in writing. Uh, could I, could I write for your site? And I go, sure. Do you have anything that I could sample? Right. And they go, no, but I can write something. I go, okay, dude, do it. Yeah. Do me a mock article and let's take a look at it. And they go, how much am I going to get paid for the article? I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck do you mean? What are you going to get paid for the article? Like, I don't want to be dismissive, but that's like, dude, that, that is like one a with a fucking bullet next to it. Like, don't do that. Right. And so, right. Um, guys like you coming up, just, gr just grinding, right? You're building an audience because you're just working hard and your passion is infectious. Your story is infectious. And that's why people keep coming back. I, I think the passion for me, at least when I'm consuming content, I, I tell, I can definitely tell who's, who's fake and, and it just, it throws me off. Like I don't, I, it may be good content in the end. It may be one of the best, you know, analytical stats that I'm ever going to find. But if I can't, if I can't feel that passion behind it, like I feel like you're selling me something. You're you're the uh, the vacuum salesman, right? They used to go around the house, snake oil, yeah, right. Like I I don't give a shit. <laughs> like <laughs> what do you like? What it. what stands out to you? Like like give me an example of something that not not like an actual person or anything, but like what's well, something? Go ahead. Here's a big one, and I joke about it. I joke about it in private, but you know I'll say it here on the show. And this isn't a, a shot at any specific person, but. My favorite time of the year is when we get to draft season for Dynasty, right? And people will talk about, um, you know, they're going to have this player everywhere. They're going to have all the shares of them. You know, they're going to take them above ADP, right? Yeah, they yeah. want this player. Yeah. Which, first and foremost, just the way Adam and I like to do things, I look at it with a with a, an angled eye going, okay, I understand. Now you're just locked into a player, and I like to think big-time strategy. But still, I'll follow them out because I understand people play Dynasty different. And then we'll go by like a month and they'll they'll have a screenshot on X of like a, a league management tool and it'll show all their player shares. Right. And it, and it's something like two and it'll be 66%. And I'm going, so you play in three leagues total? Right. And you're out here giving this passionate advice? Like, I'm not like a league snob, right? But if you're only doing two leagues, which could... Both of them could be home leagues. <laughs> you know, if you're doing right, three right. leagues, like they're industry leagues. I'm... I'm not to shit on industry leagues, but there's some of the worst run, worst managed. People don't really give a shit in them. Like, yeah. if you're going to give this type of passionate advice about how you're going to have a hundred percent rostership of a player, like, please tell me it's going to be more than three fucking leagues. Right. <laughs> that is one thing that always sticks out to me because then I go, underlying, you don't really have a passion for playing dynasty football. You just like to talk about it because it's a you know it's a money maker for you or it's a status symbol. Like some of the most respected people I have are the ones who are the legit grinders and, and they don't have to have, you know, 70, 80 leagues like Scott Connor, which is the, the pinnacle of like 
passion and grinding and loves this fucking game to the core oh, yeah. where if Scott didn't make a dime off of, of, of fantasy football, dynasty football content, Scott would still play at 120 leagues or whatever the fuck it is. But, you know, have have seven, eight, nine, ten, like have something that shows that you're just as committed to doing the content as you are actually playing the fucking game that you're talking about. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. And I always talk about time like I, you know, I would say and I, I've talked to Adam about this. Uh, like I would say at any given moment, I'm at 91 percent capacity time wise. Like I just know it like I'm right. Fucking balls to the wall. Like from the, I wake up at 4 a.m. I go to bed at 1130 every night. And that's like that's just my day every day. That's weekends that stays off. And it's like I think. I think from the standpoint of playing in very few leagues, like I would agree. I think if you're like just over the top advocating for something, but at the same time, oftentimes when people go, it's funny, I'll, I'll, I'll go over the top of what you just said. I agree with what you're saying, but the creator that I am, what bugs me most is when somebody goes, I'm going to have so many shares of player X because they're going to hit. And then I go based on what? But based on what, like that's one and dude, this for me, for all the hours and time and research and stuff that I do, like I just die inside. And this is like 90% of Twitter. I just die inside. Every time somebody just tweets, Jameer Gibbs is going off this week or Brandon Ayuk is such a buy low. uh, You're an idiot. If you don't have him, he's a future wide receiver one. And I'm like, based on what I understand that that gets likes and it gets comments and gets engagement, but based on what, and even if you say, uh, based on a metric a a guy like me i'm like that's not enough like you can't no one metric correlates like you would have to to appease me you would have to write like a fucking thesis so there's no way on twitter that's achievable but that for me is like that's the hardest part about social media and it's probably why i don't tweet as much because if i'm gonna tweet i feel like it's gonna take me 19 tweets to tell you why i do or don't like jameer gibbs like i'm gonna have to thread together like 57 tweets in a row to be able to tell you and even then i'm gonna go shit i left a lot out so i i totally agree with you on like the having a, a better reference of a value of a player or where they're valued in a league or you know how interested people in a league might be um but at the same time like we see so much of this on social media i feel like a lot of what happens on social media is just people doing the absolute bare minimum um and right. you know i think that that's what it's turned into and early social media for me didn't look like that so like the new version again the threads the whatever like i don't mind them i just wish they were actually valuable <laughs> the other thing I really do love is uh, people who don't actually follow you, follow your content, anything like that. They, they're not a, a listener. They don't watch it. They're not part of your community, whatever. Those are also the ones that just randomly find it and see the want to be the ones who dunk on it the most. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. I don't think they understand, like, I want to bring in new viewers. I want to bring in new listeners, right? Like, that's the end goal. Like, we want to grow as much as possible. But if that's the kind that I'm bringing in, then fuck you and stay where you're at. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care about your opinion. I don't, you're not going to, you can say the meanest thing you want. I'm just going to laugh at it if I even choose to respond. But there are sometimes, Nate, and uh, I can kind of tell just from the way you started and where you are now. Like there are some days, aren't there, where you just look at it and you go, I have time for this today. Oh, <laughs> like I have, I have time. If you, if you'd really like to go back and forth, I have time. I have so much time at when that comes up. I think, you know, I, I've been on social media so many years and I've been doing what I've been doing so many years. I feel like with 98% certainty, I can tell you if you follow me or don't follow me by exactly how you reply to me on, on social media. Like I'm 98% accurate. When somebody says something to me, I'm like, oh, they don't follow me. I know they don't. And then I click on it and it's like them being hateful or them being disrespectful or them. Again, you you put some like indefensible analytics because really nobody knows. And right. then they go, you're, you're totally wrong. That's impossible. And I'm like, but you haven't countered it at all. And then I click <laughs> on their name and it's like, they don't follow me. Of course they don't. Well, of course they don't follow me. You know, um, so yeah, I, I I agree, and it's it's hard, but I definitely at times am willing to to go into it with people. But the other side of it for me, man, is that I don't 
I don't want enemies. It's not that I'm again, whether it's in real life or it's on the internet, like I'm not, I'm not afraid of people. Like I'm not, I'm not afraid of confrontation. I don't look for it. I don't ever want there to be confrontation, but like, even when the people troll me, a lot of times I try to turn that into a, I really do try to turn it into a positive. And I've seen this so many times. Somebody could come in, you write a tweet and they go, well, you got that wrong. Take this L you suck. And rather than going, yeah, well, you don't make content and you're just a bag of shit. You go, you go, you go, yeah, you're right. I'm going to stuff myself in a cannon and shoot myself into the Indian ocean. I screwed this one up. And then they go, ha ha. And you go, I'll get it right next time. And the next thing you know, bloop, they follow you. Right. right. And that could have gone totally different. If I said, if I said, screw off, man, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You're just a troll. Like I, I try to avoid that because I've seen so many times it turns into a positive. You just, if you don't engage it into a negative way, but to your point, sometimes they don't want to go that direction. So you just burn the whole fucking forest down. Well, it's so interesting being on this side of the fence now because, you know, back in the day when I'm, I'm listening to you and Matt go, uh, the dynamic of the show and I'm listening to other content out there. I used to be that guy, Nate. I used to be that guy, like, you know, throwing out the L gif all yeah, the time. Yeah, like, yeah. here, hold this. I get and now it. you're on the other side and I'm like, what you just hit on right there, if somebody will engage with you, but engage with you in a, you know, self-deprecating manner or just an honest manner about it, that changes your entire mood, right? Like, if... Yeah. if if I were to do that back in the day and somebody would come to me and be like, you're right, I'm a piece of shit, you got me. <laughs> like, I fucked this up, I'll try better next time, my bad. You know, I'd be like, oh, geez, I actually feel sorry for this guy. <laughs> like, oh, it's okay, buddy. <laughs> come but here, dude, it's, let's I, talk about it. I feel like I gotta, tell, I gotta tell this story. I don't know if you know this, this happened in Canton. Did you ever hear my Scott Connor story? No, no, no. About, no. Okay, so, dude, Scott's, Scott's a really cool guy and Scott, on social media can come off to the outside person as maybe like gruff or sometimes like interjective or like, you know, like you feel like sometimes there's an energy behind him. He really mm -hmm. believes in what he's saying and you might perceive that as negativity. And man, for the longest time, I just thought, man, is there just like, is there an energy between me and Scott that's not good? Right. And we didn't reply to each other a lot, but I just felt like, man, this just to me doesn't feel good. And it was one of the only people online that I felt like maybe there's something and I, I hate it. Like I, I don't, I genuinely don't like it again. I have just no worries of people, but like, I hate relationships that, that I'm going to continue to have that don't feel right. And so right. when I got to Canton and I saw Scott, we were in that, what's that bar? What's the bar where it was like, Pat George's George's. Okay. George's. Yep. So that night at George's, uh, I was telling Russell clay and Cody. And I even told clay this, I said, I go, dude, I go, by the end of this night, I go, Scott Connor is going to like me. I go, I don't know if he likes me right now, but I go, I'm going to make Scott Connor like me. I go, because I don't know what's going on, but, but I don't want any negativity. I want him to know that like, I'm cool and I, I appreciate the work that he does and I respect him. And, and all I want is, is networking and friendship and, and no negativity. And so we're in George's and I hadn't seen him yet. And I, that place was, I mean, to, to the audience that wasn't Stupid. there. Dude, stupid packed. This place was probably what? You think the place was probably eight, 80 feet long by 50 feet wide? Definitely the capacity is probably like 50 to 75 patrons, and oh. uh, there's about 300 people okay. in this place. I mean, it was literally standing room only. I know people say that, but you had to like, it was like, it was like Q-tips in a box. Like we were just, St right? Standing room is even, even being like rosy <laughs> right, generous, about the situation, right? Right. right. So, so we happen to be sitting at a table, me, Russ, Alexander, Cody, and uh, I see Scott at the other side of the room, kind of towards the door. And he's talking to, I think it was maybe Fizzle was over there yep. and some other people. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to go, I go, I'm going to, I'm going to go talk to him. I'm going to, I'm going to make him fall in love with me. You watch. <laughs> and they're like, dude, they're like, why are you so obsessed with this? I go, I have to do this. And so like, I fucking weasel my way through. I'm walking past clay. I'm walking past. Jeez, every the who's who of fantasy football, I'm like brushing shoulders to get over there. Right. And I see Scott, we still really haven't talked to this point. And I point at him and I'm like, stay there. And he like kind of points at himself like me. And I go, yeah, you stay there. And so, so I'm coming over to Scott and I go, I go, what's which up, man? Which is exactly what you want somebody to do in a bar full of people <laughs> right. late at night to be like, you stay <laughs> right. there. Stay there. Like, don't go anywhere. I won't catch you. If you, if you go around the other side, I'm never going to, we're never going to catch each other. So 
I see him at the back of the bar <clears throat> and he's having a conversation. I walk up and it was like, I was like, all right, here's my opportunity to genuinely. And again, this goes back to like how you can handle situations with trolls. And again, Scott, it's not that, but right. to me, it felt like the same thing. Like I, I just don't want this to be what I perceive it could be. And so I remember talking to Scott and we started talking about game theory and I hadn't had the chance to introduce myself. And I did, I know we were kind of next to each other earlier that night or the day before. And I just didn't get an opportunity to say anything to him. And that stuck in my head too. I was like, fuck man, I could have said something to him. And in my mind, I thought all I did was continue to increase what may have already been there by right. maybe not doing that. And so dude, we started talking and I was inquisitive and dude, I really wanted to hear like some of his theory on stuff. And we went into stuff and it was really cool, man. And I, I think we really hit it off. And, and after that, I remember a YouTube video or a couple comments days later, man, Scott replied to a video that I did. And he's like, man, Nate, you rock, keep crushing it. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, that's why the fuck I do this. That's why, because all I want out of this is good relationships with people. And I think there's a lot of people out there that wouldn't go to that effort. And I really appreciated that the guys that I was with were like, man, I, I fucking learned something today. Seeing you do that and seeing what's come from it, like, Hopefully that helped the people that I was with realize like, man, you don't have to have relationships like that. And that will get you so far in this world because maybe before, and again, I never, I didn't ask Scott if we have anything wrong, because why would I, that only creates the problem, even right. if it's not there. And so now maybe we're in a position where if I hit up Scott, I'm like, Hey dude, you want to come jump on a podcast? Cause I had asked him once upon a time when we had a little back and forth, I think he was like, fuck that. I'm not going to pod with you. We're having some negative moments, but now I'm sure Scott would be like, fuck yeah, let's do it. When do you want to jump on a pod? And so those are just the things to me, man, that in this industry, I think matter a lot. You're, you're a thousand percent right there too. Just the way things work out. Right. I had that same moment with, uh, with Kane, Debbie Kane, uh, from, uh, the okay. Debbie marketplace, right. We'd, okay. we'd had some moments. I'd never met him, right. The, the only reason I knew about him and, and, you know, follow him on Twitter. And we kind of went back and forth back in the day was because me and, uh, Shane Hallam, uh, we used to play NCAA like 12 online okay. dynasties together <laughs> okay. way back in the awesome. day right, All right. Like, yeah, just yeah. dating ourselves yeah. so uh him and shane had done a podcast for a while but we used to go back and forth all the time and like i kind of had that like i felt like there was some actual animosity there too and wouldn't you know at george's there's nice. me and there's me and kane just talking for like 45 minutes about wrestling like not Dude. not wrestling but yeah, yeah like, wrestling. like wwe wwf yeah, we're talking about real wrestling, like oh, the, okay. the Midwest wrestling. You oh, know, all right. singlets and headgear. <laughs> all right. Hey, man, I'm a jujitsu guy. I know all about this Let's stuff. Go, right? So, yeah, I love it. We were talking about all the great wrestlers, and you know, he's from Minnesota. Awesome. I'm from Iowa, so it's always oh, a big yeah. wrestling rivalry. Oh yeah. oh yeah. All the greats, you know, wrestle in the Midwest. Shout out to Absolutely. shout out to any wrestling fans. So, yeah, it, it's just weird how that stuff actually works out. It's even more weird that you know, apparently, it happens at Georgia's, like. <laughs> That's, that's the place. That's the place to go for resolution. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't no, would think it, though. Everybody's packed in. We're all sweaty. It's man. way too hot in that bar. Alcohol's flowing. Everybody's starving because the burgers look amazing because it's like one in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And George yeah, yeah. is the place you go for reg resolution. Doo -doo. No, man. It was it was great. And, yeah, I think that, again, like there's there's so much negativity on the Internet. And like you said, one negative comment but more valuable than that is is building a relationship that you feel like might be strained or like you said, yeah, might have animosity or some negative energy. Like, man, squash that shit. It's not worth it. Yeah. Like, yeah. as I get older, I realize that is just I, I no zero toxicity in my life. It's gone, man. All of it's gone. <laughs> you don't want any of those internet comments just eating at you in your free <laughs> time. Right? That's right. Probably because you're such a busy guy, you don't have that much free time anymore. <laughs> no, there's no. You're right. You can't have beef. That's like that's like with my daughter. We keep her so busy, right? That you, you, no nothing beef. else can happen. You're just too busy. So no you're beef good. for me either. Yeah, man. I try to stay away from it. So let me ask you here. I, I got two yeah. more questions, and we'll get you you're out good. of here. You're good. If you got to do any content, like what is your favorite type of content? Is it writing? Is it doing a live stream? Is it a pre-recorded video where you kind of get to go through all of this uh, conception, actually recording it, and then all the editing that goes into it? Or what, what would be your favorite that you would like to do? Mm. I think live streams are a lot of fun. Um, I love, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty lively. I can react pretty quick. So yeah. I think I think that helps like unlock a skill set for me. But in all honesty, if I had my way, if I could have a million viewers, 
I would rather research, write, and pre-record something. Like if I like a documentary, that and that's the way. Again, it's fucking art. But if I could have mm-hmm. my way and I could have the optics on it, and I knew people would really listen to and watch what it was that I was doing, I would rather perform a pre-written, well, you know, presented case of a player or a situation than go live. And I know that might sound crazy to some people. I love an audience, but uh, dude, I for me, like I've really fallen in love with education. Uh, and I know that that's what we do, right? I think a lot of times people forget that like we're taking something that's otherwise kind of boring. I mean, you you guys have found a way to make it fun and and really like associate it with league play. I feel like the analytics that I've been into for so long, it's it, like who wants to go through a fucking masterclass about expected yards over whatever, or, you know, and it's like, how I do. do I entertain? <laughs> yeah, all right, well, there you go, man. And that's I, the people I that you're looking for. So I, I think it's just, you're trying to educate people and it's that, it's the response from you make a video like that and people go, man, this video was fucking awesome. I'm, I'm totally sold on this guy. You changed my mind. And then you're like, dude, that that's, that's why, I, that's why I made it. Cause I wanted you to view it the way that I view it. I might miss last year. A lot of my effort went into like Christian Kirk and some of these other guys, but like I might miss, but when I get it right and, and people come back and go, dude, you, you nailed that. That guy was whatever that, that to me is like, that's the payoff, right? That's the payoff. I love it. And when, when you do it too, just the, the manner in which you do it, whether it's written, whether it's a, a pre-recorded video, whatever, the way you educate people is actually fun. You're, you're that, you're that fun high school teacher that I never it, got man. to have. Right? That's yeah. Maybe that's what I should do when this all <laughs> burns out. Right. You either had those boring high school teachers that make you fall asleep within the first five minutes, or you had the ones that didn't give a shit and just let you watch movies. They didn't, yep. they don't fucking care. <laughs> that's, that's right. The movie teacher. They were the best too, though. In high school, for a high school kid, you love those ones. Right. (laughs) You didn't have to do anything. Yep. Nate, let me ask you here, and we'll get you out of here on this one. You have had this journey from where you started to where you are now. Did you do it through a set of goals, or has it just been this kind of, listen, I'm just going to get out here and grind and go one step at a time and see where things take me? Because I do think there's two different types of people. Like I can see, I see even the dynamics between me and Adam. Right. Adam is a very goal oriented person who wants like he, he's like, I want to get here and I want to be able to do this and I want to be able to do this. And I'm more of the uh, the fat, lazy kid, just like how I look where I go. I'm just fucking having a good time, man. Let's, let's just keep doing what we're doing. I like it. Uh, so are you more of a goal oriented person and how you got here? Or are you one of those who's just been going step after step? I think for me, uh, it was 50, 50. I think when I came into this and it, it, I will say that it's always been driven by passion, um, and enjoying what it is that I'm doing in the beginning. I had no goal. My goal was just to continue doing what I loved. And when new opportunities uh, presented themselves, take it on and, and have enough recognition to go that opportunity over there is better. This opportunity that I'm being given right now is great. Take that, do that. Um, when I got to the point though, where, I had a, a following and I had some money to play with and some other things that was kind of for me when my goals really kind of came into play when I saw what it was that I had been involved with or what was going on around me and said, I can do this different. Um, I can present this in a way that people aren't seeing it. I can give them tools that they don't have. That's when kind of my goals came into play. It, it took me a while to acquire the resources, the knowledge, the networking ability um, and the position where, you know, again, you and Adam, you guys put in your time kind of where you were, your situation has changed. Now you're kind of doing something different, but at the same time, you were able to sample at one of the higher levels, what happens internally, what happens from a content creation standpoint, relationships, networking, monetary, and you were able to set goals. I think that that for me took a lot longer. I wasn't introduced to the level as fast as you were. Um, so it took me a while before I saw like the, the five or six pillars of the industry and was able to go, okay, now I know what direction I want to go. I know who I want to be. I know what I want to achieve. It took me a lot longer than I think most people. Again, I'm, I'm eight, nine, 10 years in. And just in the last year, I really, you know, I did the breakout finder, created all that, but like this for me is sort of the first opportunity to really like do my own thing. Like you, since I started doing dynasty, you have not been able to have my rank. My rankings have never been available ever since I started dynasty. Never once, not on player profile or not on uh Patreon, nowhere. My rankings have never once been available. And so that to me 
is one of those things when I talk about why I don't do tweets because like I just I care so much about the final product. You, and I do want to say this because this is coming to my mind. I want to say this to people. The idea just hit record is really important. Like I, I would caution you to be who I am where you are so guarded in the quality of the content that you make that sometimes you don't even put the content out because you put yourself in this corner where you go, if it's not a fucking 10 in my head, then it doesn't hit the internet. And that has prevented me from putting out so much content and so many tweets and so many videos and so many podcasts because like Adam and I have talked about, it's like, man, if I can't, if I can't fucking dial up the most perfect piece of content then I won't put it out. Um, and so I finally got to a point in my fantasy career where I feel like I'm positioned from all four corners to really do that. And so for me, it's sort of 50-50. It took me a long time to get to the point get where you. I knew what my goals were. Well, if you need that, that hype man ever, you ever need the hype man, man. If you're like, I think this might be an eight or a nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just send that shit on over to me. <laughs> we, we got Discord. You I love know, it, dude. DMs. Let trust them, me yeah. trust me anything that you put out nate unless it's like you running naked down the street which might still be entertaining i i don't i don't know it might I'll, still be it might, might not be, be. <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it'll be a 10 but maybe like a like a six and a half you know won't be the worst thing you've ever seen um, I'll, I'll hype you up though i appreciate you it man That's and, what and, I need. And, and more than likely I'm, it, I'm telling you like 95% sure that it'll actually be authentic hype. It's not going to be that bullshit hype, right? Authenticity is everything, bro. I'm, I'm not going to hype you up before a big heavyweight fight just knowing that you're going to get murdered and <laughs> knocked out, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm not Rocky. I'll throw in the goddamn towel. <laughs> good. I won't to. fight a heavyweight. I'm smarter than that, so we're good. <laughs> you know it. Yeah. All right, Nate, tell the people where they can find you and uh, all the locations, right? You got Twitter. Yeah, you got YouTube. You got DynastyRankings.com. That one's an easy one. I can plug that one. That's coming yeah. through. Yeah coming soon god we've got a lot yeah so dynastyrankings.com coming soon um i've kind of teased it on our show uh that we do dynasty rankings podcast uh we've got a trade calculator coming out pretty soon that uh it's gonna be for the people totally free um so that's gonna be coming out on our website uh again we're a little ways out from presenting that again guys i, I only want to put out 10 so it's <laughs> taken a while uh youtube.com forward slash nate Liss. Of course, patreon.com forward slash I'm outraged. I do a couple of weekly articles over there. I always dive in deep on Tuesdays. Again, a lot of like predictive player analysis guys that I think are buys, sells. Um, yeah, and if you guys want to find me again, like we've kind of talked about in the show, like my time has become more and more valuable over the years. So people that are in my Discord, I'm, you know, a lot more um, accessible there uh it's more likely that you'll reach me there so if you guys want to chat with me hit me up tell me that i suck uh that's where you can find me dynasty rankings discord that's a link on my bio on twitter um yeah man i mean that's that's about it i love it nate thank you so much for coming on uh you showed up on like the uh the green bay packers tonight so i'm <laughs> yeah, not sad not at all that uh I didn't miss out on that first half. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> it doesn't look very good. No, it's not I, good, man. I appreciate you, buddy. It's uh, it's been such an incredible journey to to follow you up till now, and you know, I still got to pinch myself that uh, you know, uh, we know each other well enough where I could reach out and ask you to come on a podcast, and you're like, let's make it happen. Just, uh, I only have nine percent of free time, so let's work this in. <laughs> I love it, man, <laughs> dude. Work this in. By the way, I did write four bars for Fizzle. You did. You got the. Four I did bars. write four bars for Fizzle, and it's perfect timing. I All mean, because right. we got the, we got the Lions game on. Hit it. All right, let's it. do it. Are you, are you ready for this? All right, oh, and, and, I'm ready. Because this is gonna, this be is the gonna best. people are gonna have to. There's gonna have to be some thinking at the end. All right, it goes underrated like Jameer Gibbs. Excuse me though. Put me in an RPO and watch me shoot the hole. Now even Lions fans say you've got a ruthless flow. It's because I'm always on raw like a sushi roll. <laughs> let's. <laughs> fucking go i don't think there's gonna be a better way to end the spotlight series than on four bars from day list that's gonna love do it. it i'll see you back here same time same place next week i love y'all i'm out of here peace <laughs>